Okay, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is Robert Manny. Welcoming to the show. It is Wednesday, December 20th, 2017. We're very excited. We have a very special guest joining us tonight, Yasmina Aluwalia. She is an internationally renowned dating coach. East meets West, man meets woman, etc. And we're very excited to have her joining us today. Um, Today is a special day. It's uh, the longest day of the, I believe that today or tomorrow is the longest day of the year, the winter solstice. I think it might be tomorrow. Um, And that means it's the longest night rather of the year and uh, the shortest day in terms of light. And uh, then things change Uh, from, I believe the summer solstice, uh, June 21st, I believe, uh, you lose, you, you lose, you actually lose a minute of daylight every day right through now. And then it turns and then we start picking up a minute of daylight going forward. So that's a really good thing. Tomorrow is December 21st. It's actually my niece's birthday. So I always remember that because it's, it's the shortest day of the year. And then my birthday is Thursday excuse me, Friday. And, uh, that begins the, uh, more and more daylight, more and more light. So, uh, welcome to the show. I'm very excited. I'm, I've got some new equipment. I'm using a podcaster mic now, the road podcaster, and I was very excited about it. We're still having some tech issues here and there with, uh, with guys, guys radio. So we have a full start now and then, but everything's cool. And uh, I'm going to bring our guest out in, in a moment. Um, let me tell you about what's going on, what you're going to hear today. So in a few minutes, we're going to bring our special guest out. Uh, before then, we're going to talk a little bit about the Guys Guys brand, the Guys Guys world, some current events. Then we're going to do the Guys Guys Guy of the Week. We'll take a very, very short break. Then we'll bring our guest out. We'll have an extended chat with her. And then we'll take another quick break. And then I'll do the Guys Guys Guide, as I do every week. And then we'll wrap. Um, we're actually booked with guests through next May. So things are going great with Guys Guys Radio. Guys Guys Radio is the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And uh, we've been doing the show for a couple of years now, and uh, this is our 256th podcast. All of our podcasts are available for your listening pleasure at your leisure on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Uh, so please, uh, please join us. It's all free uh, if you can. You want to support us, just subscribe, rate, and review uh, Guys Guys Radio on iTunes. That would be a big help because uh, that pushes us up the, uh, the ladder and gets us more awareness. And we keep growing and growing and growing. Our audience is growing and uh, people are really responding to the show. And we're expanding the different types of guests we have. Well, the, the way the brand started, if you will, the way Guys Guys Radio got its liftoff was um, – my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money, called the male version of the Sex in the City. And from there, we just developed Guy's Guy's Radio. And it's interesting because the main character in the novel, Max Halliday, he writes a column called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love about men. He's really showing men, women what men are really like. And you know what? It's, all, it's not all that bad. And from there, we decided, well, let's do Guys Guys Radio. And I started blogging also. And on my website, robertmanny.com, you can keep up with me. I've done close to 300 blog posts on everything that has to do with life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And it's all about better men, better world. When men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Written about everything. And when we do our Guys Guys Guide later on this evening during the show, we're going to talk about holiday parties and kind of the, kind of the do's and don'ts, if you will. So we're really building something, and uh, in today's day and age, and what's going on out there where there's all these bad news about men, we're building something that's good news about men. Because if you really look at it, there's never been a better time to be a man or to be a guy's guy. Uh, A guy's guy is not a man's man, but a guy's guy is a more updated contemporary version of of masculinity, casual, elegant, um, timeless style, seductive integrity, unassuming strength, casual confidence, emotional intelligence, timeless style. That's a guy's guy. And so we're, we're creating something out of that because nowadays you've got uh, finally the long overdue uh, recognition of all the great things that women are doing. And our society and culture is moving from a patriarchal society to a matriarchal society again. It used to be that way. And then men kind of push their way in. 
It's been like that for thousands of years. And now women are starting to slowly but surely take their place in front. And um, that's fantastic. And it's really never been a better time to be a guy if you're a guy's guy, because it's, it's great to have equality. It's great to have equal partners and women. It's great not to have all the pressure on you. Of course, we want to work hard. We want to get ahead. Uh, but uh, the playing feels equal now, and it, it should be, and it's, it's going to be more and more fair. Women need to make the same amount of money as guys do for the same work. It's ridiculous that they don't. That's coming. Um, I think what you're seeing with the current administration is the last bastion of uh, kind of the patriarchal society with Donald Trump and the Republicans, with whatever your politics are. That is a cultural, that is a cultural behavior more than, more than anything to what's going on. Now, the new tax code just passed today, and a lot of people are upset about it because if you really delve into it, uh, the top 1% are going to get the most benefits long term. As we know, the trickle-down theory really doesn't work, but uh, it's got pushed through, and that's, that's just the way it is. So because of that, we're going to, we're going to give Mr. Trump the uh, anti-guys guy of the week because what he's doing is really with the elimination of the estate tax and the all of the uh, levers in that tax plan to help people who are in real estate development. It's, it's really not, he's really not being a guy's guy, uh, regardless of your politics. We want to stimulate the economy. Unfortunately, the trickle down doesn't work. It never has, but we'll see what happens. It's going to go into effect and we're going to, we're going to have to live with it elsewhere. What's going on out there? Well, next week, next Monday is, uh, excuse me, Christmas. So uh, that should be wonderful. Let's see. If, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> see if we get a white Christmas here in New York. I don't think we're going to, but you never know. Um, this is also, excuse me. Pardon me. The last. <coughs> this is the last week of the fantasy football <coughs> tournaments around the country. So if you're in the finals, congratulations. Probably did a great job during the season, and now you got to make those final decisions for this weekend. I made it in my league uh, this year. <clears throat> I won my league last year, and it would be fantastic to go back-to-back. It would be the first time. We'll see what happens. I feel pretty comfortable with my lineup. i got to decide between Jared Goff and Nick Foles at quarterback, uh, who's going to be my flex, is going to be – C.J. Anderson, D.D. Westbrook, we'll see. But uh, pretty loaded, and I feel good about the coming week, and it's great just to be there because I'm already in the money, but we're going for it. We're going for it. Um, what else is happening out there? Uh, let's see. Oh, the uh, only other thing is this uh, thing with Jerusalem um, and the U.N. by uh, pushing forward uh, Jerusalem to be capital of Israel. Now, what the president is doing is actually through the UN, he's threatening, strong arming other countries. If they don't support him on that, he's going to cut off funding. So this is a real different type of presidency. And it's, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, I think a lot of people get a knot in their stomach every time they see him uh, on the tube because uh, it's like, oh, no, again. And it's been a tough year for people who uh, don't support him. And uh, it seems like 65% of people don't. So we'll see what happens. Let's hope some good can come out of this. You know, when somebody comes in and uh, wants to destroy a lot of things, sometimes that's good because some things need to be shaken up. But we will see. The one thing that really bothered me today, I read about the lax, you know, we want to, he wants to uh, uh, loosen up on all of the uh, restrictions and regulations. Well, when it comes to organic food, I don't think we want to, you know, you can't get rid of all regulations. And when it comes to uh, how we certify organic food and the humane, if you will, I use the word in quotes, conditions for the animals that are being produced, uh, if those those uh, stipulations are loosened loosened up, the let's put it this way: the pork industry is thrilled, as is, uh, I believe, it's one of the Purdue family is a secretary of agriculture, which you know is the Purdue chicken. So. It's it's amazing what's going on now. So we'll see. I think one of the good things, though, is that everybody's more tuned in now. People aren't as complacent. I think we're distracted as a society, but 
people aren't as complacent, and I think some things are going to happen. So we've got our anti-guys guy of the week this week. It's Donald Trump for a couple of things he's got going. And uh, I want to get ready to bring our guest on. So let's take a very, 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 very short break, and then we'll be back with our special guest, Jasmina Aluwalia. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. As I mentioned to you, we have a very special guest. Uh, She's an attorney-turned-matchmaker. She adds a unique contribution to the matchmaking industry, Jasmina, Jasmina rather, Alu-Walia. She's pioneered an approach to matchmaking, which blends the best of the East and the West. She's founder and president of the Intersections Match by Jasmina, a premier personalized matchmaking firm for singles in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., Her, uh, she's got a website, intersectionsmatch.com. You can find her on Facebook and every place else. And she's got a depth of experience in terms of matchmaking. So <clears throat> I'm going to bring her on right now. Let me get to her and we'll bring her on right now. Good evening, Jasmina. How are you? Hey, Robert. Um, pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be here and come talk with you and the guys. Fantastic. Well, you know, a good portion of audience is uh, female, so uh, it's it's tougher to get to the guys than it is to get to the women. (laughs) Women are more open about these things, as you know. And uh, one of our one of our goals is to you know let let the ladies know what's really going on with the men, because a lot of times people want to believe what they want to believe, and they don't want to believe the truth. But then sometimes when you get the truth, the truth isn't so bad. So let's start with that. I was saying, I think the women women who are here listening are brilliant, right? To get it straight from a guy, so I think that's uh, that's all good. So yeah. Good. So tell us about um, Jasmina. How you kind of made the move from being an attorney to what was the inspiration to say, you know, I think I'm a matchmaker. Sure. Well, okay. So back up a bit, and I'll give you a little okay. bit of my history, which will give you give you some insight into that. Um, so I am Indian American, um, and so for any of your audience who might have might be Indian themselves, might have Indian friends, um, again born and raised in the states, two parents who immigrated from abroad. So a lot of us were raised with the uh, with the refrain, with the mantra, let's say, of "Don't date, don't date, don't date." Okay, get married. Now what that's about is, as you may be familiar with, there is a tradition of arranged marriage in um, in the Indian culture. So a lot of the generation above, you know, I'd say a lot of our clients um, had arranged marriages. So, you know, dating becomes redundant if you're going to, you know, focus on your career, focus on your studies, and then get arranged into a marriage. Problem happens when you're not interested in arranged marriage, and then, you know, you haven't had as much maybe dating experience or you haven't been encouraged to, and then there's a gap, right? There's a learning curve there. So I knew just from my own, you know, personal experiences myself, you know, not, not dating as early as a lot of my, a lot of my friends, right, uh, being Indian American. So I knew there was a huge gap for people who really didn't see themselves going the arranged marriage route and yet really did spend time focusing on their career and their academics. And then it was kind of like, okay, so, you know, no prospects right in sight. Now what? Um, so I knew there was, like I said, this untapped, untapped need for um, for somebody to kind of step in and say, okay, let's let's like um, not only help with introducing you to with people that you would really consider, right, for the long term, but also um, let's let's up level our dating skills and up level learning about the opposite sex. You know, we serve men and women, so just really kind of we I think it's um, you know got like an interesting trick on us in terms of communication. I think our brains, men and women, very different in a lot of ways. Um, so just even being able to communicate with each other effectively, understand each other can be a challenge, right, for everyone. And so um, really dating, coaching, and matchmaking is, is fundamentally what we do. Okay. So, um, well, tell yeah. us, what, what do you think when getting kind of the lay of the land, Jasbina, mm-hmm. what, um, what's your take on what's going on in the, the dating uh, landscape these days? Sure. I think there's a lot of confusion, actually, in the dating landscape these days. And, you know, you, you mentioned in your opening remarks, I, I recall you mentioning about how, you know, our, our society is in transition, right, 
in terms yes. of gender dynamics, and I don't, I don't mean particularly with respect to the administration at the moment, but I mean even just historically, if you look at how women are entering um, not, not only the workforce, but the workforce in the kind of positions that historically more men have been in, right? They are mm-hmm. outnumbering, outnumbering men in like the med schools, the professional schools. They are earning the grad school degrees. They are, you know, right there in college. Um, so the women are, right, there's a huge transition in terms of the gender dynamics, which also lends itself to a huge transition, I think, in gender dynamics when it comes to partnering up and dating. So I think there, like I said, I think there's a lot of confusion as to, you know, when you, when you previously had more defined kind of divisions of labor and roles, and then, you know, we upended a bit, there's, there's bound to be some confusion, and I, and I think there's quite a bit out there. So that's how I would I would describe one aspect of it. Um, yeah. Let's talk about um, okay, with the confusion and all that. What are as a result of that some of the uh, symptoms, if you will? What's going on with women, and what are their complaints, if you will, about guys? And uh, what are you hearing from guys about um, what their uh, frustrations are with ladies nowadays? Okay, so let's. Let's start with guys, and one of the frustrations right here is just a confusion in terms of not sure what to do, right? Should I, uh, you know, should I, if, if we're earning similar or whatever, should I pick up the bill? Should I, is she going to be insulted if I do that, if I do this, right? So kind of, again, mm-hmm. the overlay of, of confusion is, is to what exactly, right, am I, am I supposed to do here? Um, with respect to women, I think, um, I think again, there's a, there's a bit of that as well, right? Like not quite clear, right, that now that, you know, I'm earning the same and then yet people, there, there, there's stuff out there saying things like the rules and how I should act, how I should be. Should I be proud of my accomplishments? Should I downplay my accomplishments? Can I be feminine and can I be strong? You know, so a lot of these, you know, can I be who I am and yet also attract a man, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of... Um, you know, a lot of that is, is what I hear out there. I, I work with, you know, we're, we're a high-end service. I work with successful men and women, right? So men and women who have accomplished quite a bit, right? And are now this is the one piece missing in their life and, and sort of how to navigate this one aspect that they, that they want to really make a fulfilling life for themselves. So those, those are very common in terms of what I hear, what I see. What um, Coming at it from the uh, Indian-American angle, um, Okay. Do you what is your what are your thoughts on um, Indians dating a lot of other Indians and then Indians dating Caucasians or other Asians mm-hmm. or African Americans, whatever? What's the what's the dynamic there as a white guy? Um, you know, I have a lot of Indian friends and I've worked with a lot of Indian mm-hmm. people and I've always found that they're wonderful okay. and smart and polite and everything. And then they have their own thing. And um, you're a little bit on the outside trying to figure out, like, what's going on. So, um mm-hmm. What's that all about? Yeah. Okay. So that's a great question. So first, I was actually I'm I'm having that. Like how does how does a how does a white guy oh. date an Indian woman? Yes. Okay. So how does a white guy date an Indian woman? Okay. One, um, if the Indian woman is open to that, right? And and a lot mm-hmm. of Indian women are, by the way. We so first of all, to back up a little bit, um, we we serve. We serve both non-Indians or non-South Asians and Indians and South Asians. So we serve both, okay? Right. And we mm-hmm. find with our clientele, okay, that are non-Indians, non-South Asians, some of them are looking exclusively for other non-Indians, non-South Asians, and um, some of them really are quite attracted to Indians or South Asians, and, and they have a preference for that. Similarly yeah. with our Indians, we find that some of them, men and women alike, prefer other Indians, other people of a similar ethnic background. Others are very open, whether it be Caucasian, Latin, what have you, to all mm-hmm. different ethnicities. So we serve a spectrum in that way, okay? So one is there is no sort of, I, I would say there's no sort of prototype in that sense, prototype Indian woman, or right, there's a lot of maybe stereotypes of what an Indian woman might be like, but I would say that uh, what I've seen, you know, there's quite a continuum with respect to Indian women in terms of how they think 
terms of what they want, their priorities, values, okay? That's mm-hmm. that. That's that. If a white guy is interested in uh, dating an Indian woman, I think like with any woman, Indian or, or otherwise, showing interest and curiosity about that woman and what is important to that woman is extremely important. So if this is a woman who's Indian and there are certain aspects of the Indian culture that are important to her, then I, you know, I think a, a white guy who wants to, right, like, really seriously date that woman, you need to be curious and ask questions and um, have a level of openness towards being exposed to that, right? Offering to accompany her to something and that kind of a thing and, and learn mm-hmm. more about the traditions that are important to her, right? right. So I think, I, think that's, um, I think that's really important. Now, Indians are, like, it's kind of a cliche, but Indians tend to be a very family-centric culture, Right. So one thing to be aware of is with Indians, and again, I, I started with talking about that whole tradition of arranged marriage. So with an Indian woman or an Indian man, if there's a, if there's a non-Indian woman on the line who's listening who might have an Indian boyfriend or whatever, it's, you know, it's worth noting that when an Indian man or woman introduces their family to the person they're dating, that could be mm-hmm. seen as pretty serious because their parents could look at that as way more serious than, let's say, if, um, if, if, the, if the non-Indian took, took, a, took their girlfriends or boyfriend to some function, right? So if sure. you're going to go and you're going to be introduced to that, it means a huge, I would say it, it typically means even more than if it means, right, in, in the non-Indian culture, to be introduced to the family. So I think because, again, the, when a son or a daughter does, an Indian son or daughter does that, the parents are thinking, wow, this is super serious, right, if, if they are introducing me in, in an up-leveled way, like exponentially more serious than, than some other rights in other situations. So I think an awareness of that is important. Now, that said, if an Indian, because I know, you know, let's just throw this out there. I know people have been burned, right, Indians and non-Indians alike, with having a relationship, developing an emotional connection, and then maybe parents not approving or maybe for whatever reason the person deciding, no, I really, uh, this is fun, but I really see myself with someone of the same culture, whether it be non-Indian or Indian. Sure. And I know that can lead to a lot of heartbreak. So then I think having these conversations is important relatively early on. Now, I don't mean the first date, but I mean as you feel yourself getting more and more emotionally connected with someone, kind of talking about that, especially if one hasn't met, if you're dating an Indian woman or an Indian man and you haven't met the family, to just start talking about that. Realize that meeting the family is a serious thing, and the same by the same token, start asking about that, start talking about that to uncover maybe if there's any discomfort there, if maybe the person has some hesitation, right, to introduce you, why, what's behind that. So I think those are questions that are important to address and not kind of bury your head in the sand because you're having, like, you know, you know, unstoppable chemistry and something, and really do address that stuff early, sooner rather than later. Make sense? Yeah. Let me, uh, let me ask you something. Yeah. When, I was, uh, when I was dating um, – I noticed, uh, and this could be a generality, so call, call okay. me on it. Um, when sure. I was dating, uh, I'm Caucasian. When I dated a lot of Caucasian women, um, it seemed like everybody was dating multiple people, you know, going through the process mm-hmm. of dating to find a partner. And then when I, I'm going through, you know, Match and other online uh, uh, apps and stuff like that, I found that when I dated uh, women who weren't necessarily um, – either had been born here or were from other cultures, uh, whether it be Asian or Latino or whatever, that they would go date, like date you and then see if it works out. And if it doesn't, then they date somebody else. But it wasn't this juggling that was going on. And it seemed like it was kind of a, I don't know if it's an American thing or a Caucasian thing or whatever. And it seemed like people, whether it be Indian, Asian, or, or whatever, we're more apt to, you know, we'll, we'll go out. And why are you going out with other people? You go out with me and we'll see if, it, we'll see if it works. That seemed to be the attitude. And I got called on that a couple of times and I realized, you know what? She's right. And I ended up, uh, my wife is Korean, American. And um, mm, because we okay. just started dating each other and I just let everybody kind of fall off. I figured, well, you know what? Why not give this a chance? And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And if it does, it does. And it seemed like a much more relaxing, sane way of meeting people and dating than this frenzy. And maybe it's a cultural thing, whether it's New York, whatever, where everybody's just, you know, triple booked all the time. What, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? 
Okay, so just to speak to New York for a minute, because we operate in, like, throughout the country as well as Canada and the U.K., and I will say that New York is a place that I think that for various reasons, it kind of feeds on this, who else is out there, who might be bigger or better, right? There is a mentality that I think permeates throughout the country, but I think it's a little bit exaggerated, more exaggerated in New York and probably anywhere else in the country. Okay, so I'm going to say that to begin with. And then I'll also say that I actually do encourage our men and women alike to date multiple people before they're exclusive, okay? And the reason is multiple Mm -hmm. purposes, actually, one of which is not to put too much pressure on very, very early stages, right? So that's one big reason that that I say that. And to feel like there are options, right, so people don't settle, right? Okay, so that um, that is something that I encourage. But... On the other hand, I think sometimes people, like, swing the pendulum too far, and they're not willing to, like, call, you know, they're not willing to go exclusive with anyone because it's always kind of looking over your shoulder, who else is out there, who else is out there, right? So right. There's, a mm-hmm. balance. There's, a, there's a balance in terms of that. I don't know that I've seen cultural, beyond the, beyond the one thing, and I think this goes back to this whole culture of don't date, don't date, okay, get married, in that I would say that a lot of Indians um, will be dating for the purposes of finding a partner, right? They'll say, I'm not into casually dating. I'm not dating to just date, okay? That's kind of a common thing you'd hear. So when they're out there dating, they are looking for that special someone so that possibly that might make them more inclined to kind of focus on one person early on. And then they'll also be getting pressure from family and all of that. But I would say generally, uh, I'm not quite clear that that's a completely cultural thing. I would say men more commonly than women would typically be more comfortable with the idea of like dating multiple people at the same time. So I I mean, gender wise, a little bit more than cultural, but I will also say that I encourage women to do that also. And and there are men who are uncomfortable with it as well. So it's, um, you haven't seen any clear lines in terms of uh, culture on that one. Got it. Uh, Let's talk about the process a little bit. Um, Sure. How do you, um, I think technology is one of the biggest issues when it comes to dating nowadays, because you have to, you have to embrace it, um, but you can't let it devour you. Um, So how do you, how do you counsel your clients in terms of uh, managing the power of technology to be an asset instead of uh, uh, this octopus that just, uh, you know, swallows you? Absolutely. Like any tool, it can be an asset or a liability, right? So in terms of technology, I mean, I think we can talk about multiple things. We can talk about things like texting or online dating or apps. Um, are those the kind of things you're talking about when you say technology? Yes. Or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, so let's just give a quick soundbite on a number of those things. Okay. Texting, right? Texting. So here's the thing about texting. Again, text is a great tool to talk about, okay, like let's schedule something. Let's say, hey, thinking of you, let's take a quick, right? Text is a horrible way to have a multi-dimensional, multi-layered conversation, anything with emotion attached to it, right? Because you don't get tone. The emoticons go only so far in terms of expressing tone and that kind of a thing. So I mm-hmm. think text is great if you know its limitations. And the limitations, I would say, would be kind of short thinking of views or just like matter of fact, like let's schedule like Sunday at five, like what works for you, like whether it be a phone call, a date, what have you. So text is great when it has its place, right? Um, and, then, and then also in terms of text, I think sometimes people like feel the need to just respond immediately. And I always say, look, that's a pattern, right? Don't, you know, manage expectations. Don't always like flip around and, and text someone immediately back. And that's going to be the expectation that when you don't, oh no, what happened, right? That kind of a thing. So, um, so that's text. Online dating. Again, a phenomenal tool, right? I mean, it's like, who, why wouldn't you online date? We have a small segment of people who won't, and those are a really tiny number on the planet. You know, they might be contractually barred. They might be super high profile. Beyond right. that small number, right, beyond that small number, I think online dating, everyone belongs on it. And I will also say that it's a great um, – just in terms of seasonally, this is a great time to be on it. Because basically from November to Valentine's Day is like the peak online dating activity. So I think timing-wise, this is the time to be on it. And same with the apps. Like I would say online dating and the apps together. Now the way to – so you basically need to master those, so not let them master you, which is what you said, not, be, not let it become the octopus. So, I mean, I think this is like anything else in terms of mastering. Like you, you need to be in control. You, when you find yourself um, – letting it control you more than you're controlling it, 
you know, yep. like anything else, that's, that's a problem, right? And so where that is and, and the balance is something that, yeah, we coach our clients through in terms of that thing. I mean, you have to look at someone's individual circumstance, I think, to really get an understanding of what the balance is for that particular person. But at the end of the day, there's an astounding number of people who are doing, like, online dating apps who never meet anyone. It's like a third of people never meet anyone online. They're just going back. And that, to me, is you're being controlled, right? You're not using it for what it's meant to be. So, yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, you, you're, you're, you do some, did some nice blogs on your website, and you've got some provocative uh, notions. Um one of them is, I think it's really important, and particularly important for guys, and that is uh, about being how to be present. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I went out with my wife, we we went out three times, and I said to myself, I'm having a great time. So I asked her, you know, hey, you know what? How do I be a good boyfriend if this thing keeps going? And she said, pay attention. And I said, anything else? And mm. she said, no, just do that. And I'm like, pay attention. Hmm. Okay. And then I realized that men and me uh we're not very good at that uh we pay attention to ourselves but a lot of times we don't pay attention to the little things that women pay attention to that makes all the difference in the world and makes the world such a wonderful place where men are focused on themselves a lot more so uh talk to us about the importance of uh for men and also for women about being present sure so being present, okay, going back to technology, right? Being present, what, what does that look like even, right? That means when you're on a date, like the cell phone is, is put away, right? It's just it's put away and you're focused on that one person, okay? So both of you just being focused on each other, that, I mean, that's being present, right? With your heart and your mind, you're just there. You're taking it in. Um, being present also is not letting yourself go into judgment mode, evaluation mode, right? I work with some very analytical people, and so sometimes there's a tendency to kind of, okay, I have a checklist in my head running of, okay, is this, does this guy or this woman meet this? Or, or thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, what does this mean? Is she or he wife material, husband material? I say get out of all of that at those early stages. And, again, be present, be there, focus on the person. Don't, um, don't sort of prejudge. Don't hear something and say, oh, yeah, okay, I know what this is about. But instead, right, again, open mind, open heart, really actively listen to the person in front of you. Don't assume that that person in front of you, because she or he says something that reminds you maybe of someone you dated in the past, don't overlay all that experience on that person, but really be present to that one person sitting in front of you. So to me, that's what being present really means. Yeah? Open mind, open heart, taking that person in who's in front of you in a real way. Okay. How do you, uh, what's your advice on going from uh, online to offline? Because as you mentioned uh, uh, very perceptively that one of the issues is that people, you know, they're doing a lot of texting and on the app back and forth, but uh, the, the getting together, so, you know, you have to see the person be, be in front of them to make anything really yeah. happen. So uh, yeah. my, my technique was uh, I would uh, meet somebody online and uh, they would contact me or I'd contact them and I would send them a little note and mention something in their profile and ask an open-ended question and then hopefully they'd write back. And if they did, then I would r- write something back again and try to keep it you know, short but clever and mention something about the question, open-ended question about something on their profile again. And then I would send my uh, number, my phone number. And uh, invariably, if they were interested, they'd send me their number and then I would give them a call and then you have another exchange of energy. And then from there, you set up a coffee date or tea or alcoholic beverage, whatever, something short and sweet. And uh, and then mm-hmm. you take it from there. But the energy would change from, you know, I think what happens is a lot of people that get into like they start emailing each other back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, you know what? You're going to invariably be let down when you even hear the person's voice on the phone the first time because you've conjured up some image of who this person is. It's really not, it's not fair to the other person. It's not, you're not being fair to yourself and you're wasting time. So it's like click, click, click. And the only time I ever broke the rule, I use the example of my wife again, but she had gone on match for a free three day trial. She winked at me and uh, I wrote back to her and, you know, we went back and forth real quick, and I said, <clears throat> why don't we uh, have a phone call? And uh, she said, no, nah, we don't have to have a phone call. Let's just meet. And my rule was mm. like, got to hear the voice on the phone. And then I thought to myself, <laughs> you know what? 
dating should be fun. There should be some mystery. You got to take some chances. This feels good. <clears throat> I started thinking with my heart. I said, okay, I'll meet her. We met and here we are seven years married. So <clears throat> what's your thoughts on how to get from online to offline in an efficient way that's uh, fair to yourself and fair to the other person? Absolutely. First, let me, let me, since you told me kind of your technique and you asked, let me, let me just comment a bit on that. So one, yay for your technique of like looking at her profile and asking her a question. That's what I tell our clients all the life, right? Like that's a basic thing, but you won't yeah. believe how many people just think it's going to be effective and efficient to just cut and paste these whatever, right, that are, that are kind of transparent yeah. as well. You're sending this to a million people. So actually, again, that's being present. That's showing interest to that, for that woman or man, right? And I think women should do that as well. All right, and then in terms of, I think this is going back to our point about confusion in that men and women, I think if they're looking for a relationship, they both do want to meet, right? Because it's like that's how yep. they're going to gauge that. But they're confused. The man is way, it's kind of maybe they don't want to creep out the woman, so they're like hesitant to like be too forward with them. The women are like, well, I don't like, I'm waiting for him to ask for something. He's not right. doing anything. He just keeps going back and forth. So that goes back to the confusion. So in terms of that, I think, yeah, in terms of your, your sending the number to the woman, so I think, I'm guessing, this might be wrong, that might be coming from, you don't necessarily, you want the woman to be comfortable and feel safe right. and secure with you, so you don't right. want to ask her. Okay, so, and that's great, and, that's, and I coach our clients that if you get a number like that, oftentimes the guy is thinking that way, and that's great, so don't hold it against him, because I also hear from the women, okay, so this guy sent me his number. What does he expect? He wants me to call him? Like, you know, is, is, shouldn't he, like, take the lead? Or, right? So that's the flip of what I hear women say when they get a number like that. So I think, um, I think a great way for a guy to keep that balance is say, hey, you know, would love to, would love to chat. Um, I'm happy to give you my number. Here's my number. I'd love to have your number. If you'd prefer I right. call, just let me know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? So that way you're kind of letting them, and then the woman can can do it that way. Um, and then in terms of, in terms of meeting, so I think it's interesting. You wanted to kind of have that phone call first. I, I find with clients, some of them really do prefer to have that voice first. But I, I'm a fan of just meeting as well because, you know, once we get on that phone, we can get into this evaluative mode again of like, oh, the tone of his voice or her voice or we have this kind of, I don't know if we have it. And I always say, don't you, if you're going to use a phone, fine, keep it short and sweet, right? And then, um, and then soon after meet, because I find that some people start to use that phone as too much of a filter. And it's like, no, like have someone to take someone in, right? And there's so much more than that sort of phone call. It's like taking someone's presence in, in the context of their personality, their presence, their tone of voice, being, you know, that is all something that you can take in in person in a way that you really can't kind of short circuit with the phone call. So as long as you're not using the phone as too much of a filter, I say it's fine. But really, just, just meeting in a public place is sooner rather than later is a great way to go. Because like you said, otherwise you start conjuring up these fantasies. It's either preconceived notions on one end or fantasies, neither of which are really helpful to organically developing a relationship with someone, right? And so, um, so that's my take on that. I okay. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. that's okay. That, no, that's fantastic. Um, I, I want to touch on another blog that you have on your site, and that's another post, which is a first date. I thought this was very provocative. First date overconfidence. That's a great topic. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. First date overconfidence. Tell me a little bit more. Cause we, we have, uh, I think we have like over 500 blogs there. So I'm not, I'm not, um, what, what exactly, what aspect of that do you want me to talk about? Well, um, if somebody goes on a date and they think okay. that they've got it all under control and, uh, ah, you know, it's about okay. having a little humility and not thinking, yeah. uh, you know, that, that okay. they're, they're all yeah. it, that they've got this thing, regardless of how the right. initial uh, contact has gone, you, you have to, once you get in front of somebody, you know, it starts over. Okay, so there's two directions we can go. Okay, so one is, you know, we're all multidimensional, right? We all realize that about ourselves. We're all like, we're not, we never, none of us consider ourselves cookie cutter, like we're stereo, like we can totally be this one stereotype or whatever. Yet, because we're out there dating and oftentimes multiple people, right, we tend to get into this kind of blading people, right? Like, oh, I got the, I know who this person is. Like, just upon meeting, uh, first of all, right. oh, I figured this person out or whatever. 
And I always I analogize this to look at think of an onion, right? So what do we do? What do you do with an onion? You unpeel slowly the layers of that onion, right? That that's that's how you. Okay, in a similar way, I think dating effectively is about letting some like slowly with some time and interaction, slowly getting to know somebody more so than kind of trying to get to the like you know trying to get to the last page of the book when you're on the forward, right? So in that sense, a first date is not about okay. I gotta. I'm gonna figure this. I'm gonna figure everything out about this person because it's not really right. It's not really doable to figure everything out about that person. That's not what a first first date is about. It's not to assess. Okay, this is my wife. This is my husband. This is wife material. This is husband. That is not the role of a first date. So um, so that is um, that's the first thing. And then in terms of to the extent you're saying confidence, I mean. Humility is extremely important, and I think part of what I just said has humility, right? Realizing that we're multidimensional and you, can't, you don't just figure someone out, right, in the span of 90 minutes or something like that. So, um, All right. Let me, let me ask you something else. Um, where, 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 what uh, area of the country are you located in? So we're based out of the Bay Area. I'm talking to you okay. from Dallas, Texas, and we're kind of all over the place. So, yeah. Okay. What what's your take on um, you know dating in some of the major cities? I know you do some work in the UK. Okay. You mentioned New York. Mm-hmm. You're from the Bay Area. All very different cultures. Yeah. You know, everybody's the same, sure. but everybody's different. So, tell us about yeah. the geographical differences in terms of uh, dating and dating practices uh, from your practice. Well, I think I think most people are going to blame their city, regardless of their city, right? New York, oh, it's impossible to date New York. It's impossible to find great women or men in, you know, San Francisco. So I think there's a tendency, right, for us to look externally and say, oh, it's about the city. So I think that's pretty ubiquitous, right, almost regardless of where. So that would be one of the universal things that we can always say, oh, you know, this is a problem. You know, there's just no men, there are no women, there are no great women, there are no great men. So one, I think that's the universal thing. In terms of differences, um, you know, I think, you know, if you look at the country, there's certain places, right, that we know, like in New York, for a woman to say that it's fair because there are more women than men in a place like New York. The Bay Area, it's the opposite, right? There are more, there are more men than, than women. So there are areas where there is somewhat of a disparity. Again, it's, I always say, though, don't overestimate that because women are finding great men in New York, even though they're outnumbering them. And same with the Bay Area, men are finding great women, even though they're outnumbering them. But, uh, but you know, some of those disparities in the relative numbers of men and women would be a difference. Um, you know, I spoke to the bigger is that, you know, who else is out there? I think because, and yeah, this is a negative, right, in terms of the technology. So there is, in terms of the online apps, dating, what, uh, online dating sites, what have you, there is a mentality that is pretty pervasive that who else is out there. So it can be hard, right, to kind of, you know, to kind of say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go exclusive with this one because there's always like, well, who else is out there, right? And that, again, is pretty ubiquitous, although I will say um, I think certain areas, like New York comes to mind immediately, it's, it's a bit more, you know, ubiquitous in that sense. Um, I mean, top of my head, those are, those are some of the differences. Okay. That um, you, now, uh, you, 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 you work with uh, dating, but also you do some coaching, mm-hmm. it looks like, in the business area. What are some, like, uh, I've noticed uh, how to becoming an entrepreneur, choosing business partners, things like that. Do you what mm-hmm. what is the um, overlap, if you will, and the similarities in terms of finding and the differences finding a dating partner and finding a business partner, becoming an entrepreneur and getting out there in the mm-hmm. dating world for the first time? Are there some similarities there? Oh, I'm gonna actually take this in a different direction, and this is this is what I find interesting that between and I'm I'm fascinated when I kind of sit back and think about this, right? Because as an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm as an entrepreneur in the dating and relationship field. I am constantly, and I'm like a lifelong student, so I'm constantly like reading and understanding about things like dating and relationships, and also about right entrepreneurship, about building a business, about growing a business. And I find a lot of parallels, interestingly enough. And not only that, but as a parent, I'm also reading about parenting, and I find that I, I believe actually there's the spiritual essence that runs through all three of these, whether it be building a business, whether it be finding a partner and, and maintaining a partnership, and whether it be about, you know, raising kids and, and kind of being the best parent you can, right? So I find, again, these are, these are ways of being, you know, 
have a spiritual bent, but, you know, there, there's a common spiritual, like, backbone, I think, to these three major human endeavors, right? If you're going to think, what are some major human endeavors? These three are kind of it, right? A partner, kids, and, a, and building a business. So, um, so I, I see a lot of parallels. For example, I remember I was coaching, I'm trying to think, um, I, you know, I had made, you know, I'm always coaching our clients on different things. And I remember I was uh, reading something that it, for business, my, you know, from a business book and it gave me an idea. So like for the next coaching, I'm trying to think, I can't remember, but then the next coaching call I had with the client, I completely applied like, right. One of the paradigms from the business book I was, I was reading to that situation, like applied it to that person's dating situation. So I think there's so many parallels there um, it, it, it can be really interesting when you start immerse yourself in those three areas. Okay. That, um, I wish I had a concrete example yeah. I can think oh, of. No, that's okay. Yeah. Um, how about uh, just winding it up, but uh, a couple of things you mentioned on deal breakers. So what, is, uh, mm-hmm. what, are, you, what are the real deal breakers? Uh, how do you advise your, you know, your ladies in terms of, you know, if the guy does these things or whatever? You know, women have all these lists, and uh, sometimes uh, they become, <laughs> too many of them become deal breakers. So how do you yeah. – how do you yeah. winnow that to like like okay, here's here's the you know the core part of your list that you can keep because there's nothing wrong with having some gotta haves, and then mm-hmm. there's some other stuff that um, uh, you know it's not that important like if he has long fingers or something like Daniel Day Lewis or whatever you know like that's just your own little mm-hmm. personal thing but then there's the deal breakers where you know these are this is, this is no good so how do you advise the ladies on uh, managing like the list and the deal breakers. Yeah, so I like to start from core values and life's goals, vision for life, right? Like that is a starting point, I feel, for men and women alike, okay? And so how does that relate to this question? Well, I always like to ask the why. When someone says, I say, what's important to you and a partner? They say whatever, and I ask the why behind that. The reason I ask the why is, and let's give you a concrete example. So let's say someone says, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to date a doctor, Okay, to be really stereotypical about the Indian culture. Let's say someone says, I wanna I wanna I wanna be with a doctor. Okay, fine, let's back okay, let's figure this out. So tell me about this why, okay? Some for some woman mm-hmm. or let's say woman who says okay. So some woman it might be about, well, if if it's if this is a doctor, I know they're gonna be super caring and super right, they're gonna have certain traits that they're gonna associate, certain qualities they're gonna associate. Hopefully. Now as we know, as now as we know. There, are there doctors who are uncaring? Well, unfortunately, a lot of us, right? Uh, they definitely are, right? It's not like there's a monopoly on caring when one becomes one. For, so there are. And are there examples of doc, you know, that aren't caring? Are there any other people in different professions who might be caring? Yes. Okay. So what we're isolating there is for you, it's super important this guy be caring. Okay, got it. So we're going to look for caring. Let's lose, okay? We're going to lose that they have to be a doctor, but they need to be caring. What, oh, okay. For someone else, it's, well, doctor to me means they have a certain work ethic. Same thing. Okay, let's think about this. Are there any other, are there people in any other profession or, or, or area of work that could be right? And so we, yep. we really distill it to what's important. Because for some woman, it's going to be, well, it's, it's just, he's hardworking. For another woman, it's going to be there's a certain financial stability there, right? So that's what's important to that woman. Another mm-hmm. woman, it's going to be, right, the caring. So it's really important, again, to, un, to, to, again, unpeel that, right, and get to the why behind any particular character, any particular thing. And then we really get to the essence of what's important. And then that becomes a real, real deal breaker or the real essential to that particular person. So Okay. Yeah. Sex on the first date, yes or no? Mm-hmm. Um, depends on what you're looking for, right? Like, why are you dating? Okay. I would say if you're, and people, and I don't mean, I mean, it's a a bad assumption to assume everyone's dating for the same reason. And it's a bad assumption to attach to some like morale, like to me, like morality, right? We're all, some people are dating and they're dating there. They're looking for the one. Okay. If you're looking for the one, Right? There's not, I'm not a big fan of black and white rules, but I generally would not recommend doing that because I think that, let's say for a woman, if a woman speaks to the man on the, on the first date, they're looking for the one, I'm guessing that there's going to be a fair number of guys, not all, but a fair number of guys who will just dismiss her as, as, as like true partner, wife material, mother of his kids kind of. 
I think there'll be a fair amount of guys who will. Not everyone will. They're, you know, mm-hmm. so I want to say it's not all, right? But a fair enough, enough so that it's not really the smartest thing to do. Let's say that. Number two, though, it has more to do with the woman than the man. And that is, yeah, we've all heard of oxytocin, right, the bonding hormone. So for a right. woman to sleep with a guy, under, they start, she starts to develop to bond to him, right, in a way that, frankly, he may not have sort of, he may not deserve it just yet in terms of he may not deserve that, um, that place in her heart just yet. He may not have kind of proved himself to her in that way. And so it, it is not a very, um, in that sense, it's not a very prudent thing for a woman to do. I think it's very hard for a woman to kind of sleep around without developing, you know, uh, this bond, right? Hormonally, it's physiological. It's not, a, right? It's not a, so, um, so between the oxytocin and that first thing, if someone's looking for, you know, a partner, I think it's, it, it would not be what I'd advise. Now, on the other hand, if yeah. someone is looking, right, they're, they're looking for something else, that's, then that's fine. There's no bad or right or, right or wrong in that sense. So, yeah, that's my take on that one. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's a good, where, good place to wrap it up and keep people thinking about that. And uh, great job. Um, Jasmina, uh, thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Tell us a little bit about, take a couple minutes here, tell us, uh, our audience, about where uh, your services, where they can find you, and all of that kind of stuff. Sure. And what you've got okay. coming up. So yeah, okay. So where I can be found is a great place, because it's not where I can be found, but it's where a lot of great resources you had mentioned. I think we mentioned like over 500 blogs. So we have a lot, a wealth of free resources for people um, of all ethnicities, all genders, all ages um, to check out. So intersectionsmatch.com would be where we, uh, where we have all of that. And there are tons of videos. There are tons of, you know, blogs and, and what ha- interviews, interviews with experts as well. Um, so that's one place. And then you can always find us on, you know, Facebook, which is, you know, Love Intersections Match. You can find us on Twitter, at Intersections. And I had mentioned online dating. So I would love to, as we're, as we're hitting the high season of online dating, traditionally, I think January 1st, for, for you know, reasons we, we can all guess, is one of the yep. mo- like, most highly trafficked online dating kind of site or app wow. dates. <laughs> and so to get ready for that, I'll say everyone should just hop on the site and download their free copy of Kiss to Online Dating Success. And um, that can be found at, uh, let's see, I have this started down, at intersectionsmatch.com forward slash free, okay? And, um, and, um, and check that out. So hopefully that will help. And you're on that. Twitter. Uh, where are you? Uh, people find you on Twitter and uh, Facebook and your website's intersectionsmatch.com, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Twitter at Intersections, and then Facebook is Love Intersections Match, and uh, and our website is yeah, intersectionsmatch.com. That okay. is right. Well, all right. Uh, well, listen, great stuff, Jasmina. I'm so pleased that you uh, joined me today, so thank you. And let's give a shout-out to our mutual friend, Raika Shahib, Shahabi Yahami. Ya, ya, is that how you pronounce it? You know, I'm I'm not sure actually. It that sounds that sounds Raika because uh, you had called in yeah, when so, she was guest on the show, and oh, that's how. Oh no 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 was. no! You know who I call? I called in when um, no, um, I did not call when she was a guest. I called in when Arlene Vasquez, um, another matchmaker in in New Jersey, called in. So that's why I was like, well, I've I've heard that name, but I'm not familiar as familiar with her. Arlene, I called him Arlene. Uh, oh, okay, Bethany. all right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry I got that oh, mixed that's up. Okay, that's okay. Because when I was like, huh. okay, that's my that's my bad then. Yeah, that okay. Yeah, no, all right, okay. great. No worries. Well, fantastic. Okay. So listen, um, thanks so much, and uh, have great holidays. And I'm really pleased that you joined us. Uh, first time on uh, Guys Guys Radio and uh, our, our new equipment, and we're working out the. Uh, ticks and that but uh had a great time with you so thank you so much so uh, let me be possibly the first one to wish you happy birthday i heard your birthday's on thursday yeah. huh so happy yep, birthday uh, in advance friday actually but <laughs> uh, right. thank you thank oh, you so fine. much all right. and have okay, a great christmas wonderful. and uh and we're going to take a break now guys guys radio robert manny your host will be right back Okay, we're back. Um, guys, Guys Radio, as I like to do at the end of each show, is a quick Guys, Guys Guide, and I usually base it on one of my blog posts. And today I'm going to talk about holiday parties. Uh, there's a couple of do's and don'ts. And it could be, you know, you go over to a friend's house, or you go over to your girlfriend's house or your boyfriend's house, and 
uh, or it's a or it's a work party. A couple of just fast rules to keep. Uh, one is arrive on time. And when I say arrive on time, that doesn't mean if they say the party starts at eight o'clock, you get there at eight o'clock. It means within uh, a half hour of you know eight thirty or whatever. Don't show up at ten. You know, try not to show up uh, at ten thirty or something if the party ends at at eleven or something because. You're going to miss the, the the guest is going to be looking who's there and uh, they want to feel good that you uh, made their party a priority. So try to try to get there in a reasonable amount of time so you can spend some time to enjoy your time with them. Probably the most important rule is to manage your intake of alcohol. Um, it's very easy, whether it's nerves or whatever, where you get to a party and you start pounding drinks. And uh, before you know it, you're getting a little tipsy because there's stress there's alcohol. Uh, if it's a company party, you know, everybody's dressed up. It's the end of the year. And, and, uh, and if you're in the, you know, I'm from the ad business. Uh, you know, I remember the last, the last party I went to, uh, at a new agency that I was at, you know, it was a, a tray of shots was in my face like 10 times in the first hour. And I was in a very senior level position and became president of the agency. And you gotta, you gotta be careful. You, you want to, you want to bond with the, the other people. And these were some hard, partiers, but you don't want to get smashed because you never know who's watching. And if you're working at a big company, um, I assure you, HR, especially in today's climate, is watching everybody to see who's being naughty and who's being nice. Um, if you go to a house party or somebody, you know, basically a house party, you can get invited someplace. It's always nice to bring something for the host. Sure, they might have their drinks there and all that. Bring a bottle of wine. It's, it's always a good thing to do. And it's always appreciated because, uh, then you're putting something back in and everybody else can enjoy it. And it shows some respect for the host. Um, make some small talk. Try to work the room a little bit. Don't just glom onto one person or just talk to your partner if, it, if you go together. Go out and, you know, meet, meet some people. Uh, that doesn't mean, like, dump your partner during the party, but it does mean it's good to socialize a little bit and network. And, uh, and it makes things more fun because you never know who's going to be there. And, you know, there could be a good business contact there or... You never know. It could be a romantic con- con- contact that you might not have even been aware of, depending on what your situation is. Now, I'm not saying go bring someone on a date to a party so you can dump them there. That's not the point. But, uh, you know, life uh, happens. And uh, so the way it happens is you got to be in it to win it. So uh, get out there and meet people. It's fun. Um, and then no one to leave. Don't be the last one at a party. Uh, that's not good. You want to, when you see like the mass, the mass is starting to leave. Uh, that's a good time. If you're at a work party, uh, it's a holiday party at the end of the year, maybe people are going to go someplace else and other people are going to go someplace else. Well, you know, it's, it's okay to go off with a group, then you're on your own, but don't stay at that holiday party, uh, with a drink in your hand, uh, too late because, uh, HR will be noticing that. Um, and if you go to somebody's house and they're having a party, don't be the last one to leave because they'll be wanting you to leave and uh, you'll be over, over uh, your stay will be too prolonged. So the next thing you know, you might be snoring on the couch. So try not to do that. So anyhow, that's our show for this evening. Um, Guys, Guys Radio, uh, your host, Robert Manny. This is a show number, I believe it's 256. And uh, we're going to be back. Uh, next Thursday, uh, usually we do the show on Wednesday. We're going to be back new, uh, uh, next Thursday with uh, psychic uh, Hans Christian King, who's been on the show before. He's fantastic, a lovely person and a really good guy. Uh, and he's an excellent psychic. And he's, his book is terrific, too. So I'll be doing some promotions for that. But uh, we'll see you then. And then uh, in the interim, uh, for those who celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. For those who celebrate Hanukkah, I hope you're enjoying it. Happy Kwanzaa, the little Christmas, uh, and everything else that happens at this time of year. Uh, all the best. It's really a time of love. And when you look at the whole big picture, it's like life comes down to making a choice and making a lot of choices. And you either choose from a position of love or fear. So that's our show. As I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.